Welcome to the Make That Money Honey podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Joe, and each week I will be bringing you a combination of interviews and solo episodes with industry leaders in finance, entrepreneurship, and women in business. As a former certified financial planner turned financial coach and entrepreneur, I will be sharing my knowledge on how to have better conversations about money within your marriage, relationships, and family dynamics. I will also be teaching fundamental financial literacy about all of the topics that you wish you learned in school. This podcast will get you to think outside the box, create more abundance in your life, and improve your money mindset. So make sure to follow and tune in weekly, and it would mean the world to me if you shared these episodes with a friend and left me a five-star review. Hey guys, just a quick disclaimer, as this is a technical episode, the content of this episode and all of my Sandra Joe's social media is for informational purposes only. You should not construe any such information as legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. Nothing contained on any of my platforms constitutes as a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement, or offer by myself or any other third-party service provider to buy or sell any securities or any other financial instruments in this or any other jurisdiction. You should always consider your own personal circumstances before making any investments or financial changes. Alrighty, enough with the fun stuff. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome back for another episode of Make That Money, Honey. I am going to be talking about a technical episode today, which is talking about market volatility and risk. So you may hear this topic and you're like, what the heck does that even mean? So hopefully by the end of this episode, you will have a clearer understanding of what market volatility and risk means when it comes to investing. So I just want to start by saying that If you are new to investing, it is completely normal to feel emotional about your investments and you just want to ask yourself a couple of things to start off. Number one is what is your investment time frame? So your investment time frame means how soon do I need to access this money? For example, let's say you were planning to go on a sabbatical next year and you wanted to go on a one-year trip around the world because everything's been locked down for so long that you're like, I'm going to take a year off work and I want to go travel the world and I've saved $50,000 and I need to access all of that money in the next 12 months. So when you look at a short time frame like that, and it could be anything, not just travel, it could be having a child, it could be getting married, it could be purchasing your first home, and you've got this time frame of less than 24 months, you look at it and go, well, I need to have that money readily available to me in the next 12 to 24 months. And it's not negotiable, So, which means you're not flexible on when you actually access that money. So when you have a shorter investment time frame, like 12 to 24 months, you want to make sure that your investments are invested in something a little bit more conservative. You don't want to be taking on any risk that is unnecessary because the purpose of this podcast is to explain what market volatility and risk is all about. And when you look at investing into, for example, the stock market or property market, and you've got a short time frame. There are lots of different things that can happen over a short period of time. And the problem is, is that if you need to take your money out because you're going on this trip and you've already got your flights booked or you've got your wedding date set or you are in search of the perfect family home, you want to make sure that you're not losing your money as much as you want to grow your money. So 
when you start investing and working as a financial planner in the past, one of the things that we focused on with our clients, because everybody wants to make money by investing, but what a financial planner or financial coach's job is, is to also ensure that you're not losing money because you're taking on unnecessary risk. So when you're looking at a shorter investment time frame, you want to be looking at investments that are what we call conservative or defensive investments. And those are things like cash, like sitting in a cash bank account or a savings account where you might be earning, you know, 0.5 to 1% interest or something which is a fixed interest investment or fixed income if you live in Australia. So a fixed income could be something like a government bond, it could be a term deposit, a GIC if you're from Canada. So there are different things that can earn you say between 0.5 and 3% interest. They might be government backed so that if anything goes wrong in the you know in the investment industry, uh, your your investment is secure. So you're not going to be chasing those 7 to 8% returns, but we're going to be getting a little bit of interest and making sure that we don't lose our money. And this is what most people use when they're saving for their first home. And it could be that you're saving for your first home for four, five, six years. And then you might look at doing something more like a balanced portfolio because you've got a little bit more time on your hands. So I know that when you are saving, for example, for your first down payment on a house, you don't necessarily know when you're going to have enough money or when you're going to find the right property. So let's say your investment time frame is stretched out a little further now. So it might be between, say, two and five years. Then you can afford to take on a little bit more investment risk. And what that means is you will have a combination of some defensive or conservative investments like cash or fixed interest. And then you may also have a few investments that are in the stock market. You might have a couple of index funds. You might have some mutual funds or some more passive income investments like bonds or hybrid notes. So there are different ways that you can structure your portfolio so that not all of your eggs are in one basket. And this is absolutely crucial when you're learning to invest is that not all of your eggs are in one basket. And what we commonly do when we start investing and, you know, a lot of people are guilty of this. So if you're listening to this and you're like, "Ooh, that's me, is we invest in the 10 companies that we know. So for example, a lot of people invest in Facebook, they invest in Amazon, they invest in Alibaba or Google, which is called Alphabet. And they might invest in some other things, you know, Lululemon, Nike, or whatever, whatever it is. And we invest in things that we know because we can watch it, we understand it, and it makes sense to us. But the problem is, is that when you are holding, let's say, 10 different companies, like the ones I previously mentioned, you're exposing yourself to the market risk of those companies or the fluctuations of those companies. So let's say, for example, Facebook has a crash like it did a couple of weeks ago and its share price dropped 16% in one day. So what happens is, is that if that is one of your largest holdings, because you've only got 10 holdings and you don't have a lot of diversification in your portfolio, your portfolio is going to be significantly impact, impacted by that 16% drop. 
Now, if you held something like the S&P 500 index, which means that you're holding the top 500 companies in the US, and there's a couple of global companies in there as well, but if you're holding the top 500 companies in the US, which includes Facebook and Apple and Amazon and Tesla and all the other household names, you're spreading your risk across 500 companies instead of just 10. So you're still getting access to those gains, but you're also getting access to 490 other companies that are all doing different things. They could be across across industries that you don't know, for example, biotech or clean energy or renewable energy or plant-based foods or who knows, farming, all sorts of different things. So By spreading the diversification of your portfolio across those 500 different companies, what's going to happen is, let's say we have that same Facebook meltdown and, you know, Facebook drops 16%. Because it's only one of our 500 holdings, it's going to have a very minimal impact on our portfolio. Because if you think about, let's say you had 500 marbles and one marble was to drop and break right? And it smashes on the floor and it's a glass marble. You've still got those 499 other marbles that are still rolling along. But if you only have 10 marbles and one of them drops on the floor and smashes, you've now only got nine marbles to count on. And that is a significant impact to your holdings. So this is why I always suggest, and of course, this is not a recommendation here, but I do always suggest that for beginner investors, you look at going into a diversified portfolio of something easy and cheap and simple to understand like an index fund. And index funds come in all shapes and sizes. You can get things like emerging markets, commodities, Um, currencies, for example, or you can stick to something simple like the S&P 500 index, which is a benchmark for how the economy of the world is doing, because there are so many different companies across, across different industries that are within this fund, that if your investment starts to decrease, which it has been over the last little while, because At the time of this recording, which is October 2021, there's been a little bit of market fluctuation and volatility, which is why I'm recording this podcast. So we've seen some of our favorite household names take a big nosedive. And because of this, what happens is there's often a lot of emotion attached to investing. So once people start to see a few of their favorites start to decline, they panic and they sell. And this is one of the worst things that you can do because it creates a domino effect in the in the economy as a whole. And when people panic sell and we let emotion take over, we're actually fueling the fire. And so one of the most important things that you can do is when you do see a dip or a correction in the market like we're experiencing right now, you just want to hold your position and sit tight and just watch what's going to happen. And, you know, we saw a really big market drop last year in March 2020 when the pandemic was first hitting and all of the borders were shutting and everything was blowing up in the news. And it was also one of the quickest recoveries that our economy has ever seen in history. It was like three months that the the economy bounced back. 
So that's not always the case. In 2008, it was a completely different story. It took a couple of years to recover. But what history shows us is that history proves that if you hold, our economy does recover. Our economy sometimes takes, you know, months or maybe it takes years to recover, but it always recovers. And this is why it's important to understand investment time frame. Because if you are invested, and let's say you've got the S&P 500 index fund, and you're looking at your index fund and you're going, oh crap, it went down 5% or it went down 6%. If you hold, you still own all of your units of that index fund. So let's say you own 10 units. If you sell out, you're going to crystallize your loss, which means you're going to lock in your loss. And you can never get that money back unless you reinvest it and start growing it into something else. But if you hold it, you're not actually going to crystallize your loss. You're not actually going to realize any capital losses, which means that you still own those 10 units. They're just worth a little bit less in your portfolio right now. And the key here is right now. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to stay down. So for example, if the price drops from $100 to $90, you only lose money if you sell out at $90. If you continue to hold your investment, that investment will eventually recover to 91, 92, 93, and this is, you know, index speaking. It's not always the case when it comes to companies and you're holding direct shares. So holding your investment and not getting emotional about when you see a dip in the market is crucial because when you are looking at your investments, you've got to remember what your plan is. And if your plan is, I'm going to sit on my investments for five years until I'm ready to buy a house and until my income is at a level that I can afford my mortgage, then you shouldn't be looking at your account on a daily basis and panicking and getting emotional when you see these inevitable peaks and valleys that are going to happen over the course of that five years. You may see in that five years, 17 different drops in your portfolio value or more. And that is completely normal. There is no such thing as a straight line when it comes to investing. You're never going to have a perfect linear line at a 45 degree angle, just increasing, increasing, increasing every year. It's going to look like a zigzag and know that that is okay. It's okay for the price and for the value of your portfolio to drop. What you need to remember is sticking to the plan and that market volatility is normal. It's normal across all industries, including property. Last year, we had rental prices dropping across a lot of different places because people just weren't moving or they were moving in with their parents or all different things that were happening in 2020. And sure enough, the property market bounced back and it's stronger than ever. And this is Canada. I'm not sure about internationally. But what I'm what my point here is, is that normal market fluctuations are part of the ride. They're part of the excitement of investing. And it doesn't mean you're gambling. If you are trading on a daily basis and you're watching and trying to buy and sell and time the market, that is essentially gambling. And that's where you're going to be taking on the most risk. 
But if you are sticking to a long-term plan where you have either worked with a financial planner or a financial coach, or you've been reading and you know that your investment time frame is, let's say, between five and seven years or four and six years, little short-term corrections should not trigger an emotional response from you. And of course, losing money and watching our account drop sucks. And it's hard not to feel this, you know, wave of anxiety when you're like, oh crap, my portfolio was worth 50,000 last week and now it's at 46,000. What am I going to do? You only lost money if you sell. So hanging on to that investment and knowing, you know, taking a deep breath and knowing that our economy will always recover is part of what you need to consider when you are getting into investing in the first place. Understanding market volatility is normal and it actually presents buying opportunities. So if you're the kind of person where you've got 100% of your assets invested, which I don't recommend for anybody because you should always be sitting on a cash reserve for emergencies in case you lose your job or in case you have an unexpected expense that comes up. And I will be having another podcast episode on how to calculate your emergency cash buffer. So look out for that one next. But if you are sitting on excess cash, let's say you just got a tax refund, you may maybe got an inheritance or you got a bonus at work and you've got some money sitting in your savings, When you do see these market fluctuations and we call a market dip, it's actually a really great time to buy. And we, you know, the age old saying of buy low, sell high is really coming into place in this type of environment. So if you're sitting on a little excess cash and you've got your emergency cash buffer set aside for, you know, let's say three months of your living expenses and you've got some surplus beyond that, that is a great time at looking at putting a little bit more money into your investment portfolio and purchasing some investments that are diversified and are in line with your investment plan. So a couple of things to remember. Losing hurts, but it's part of the process. And the only way that you can really get any gains with investing is that you must be prepared to take on some level of risk. And losing or watching your account drop is just part of the plan and it's just part of the process. So be patient. Just remember, be patient. Markets recover. Number two is check how often you're looking at your account balance. If you're looking every day, Stop that. If it's causing you anxiety, stop checking it every single day. If you want to check it once a month or every couple of weeks, that's fine. But maybe just set yourself a calendar date where you look at your investment portfolio balance. Because if you are sticking to a long-term plan, like you should be if you're investing, you don't need to know what the value of your investment account is every day. It's just going to cause you more anxiety, more fear, You're going to look at when you have a 5 or 10% drop and you're going to be like, oh crap, maybe I should sell so I don't lose more. I can tell you from experience, the likelihood of you losing all of your money is very, very low unless you are invested in very, you know, concentrated investments like you only have two or three holdings and they're speculative or something like that. If you have diversification in your portfolio, the likelihood of losing all of your money is low. So 
don't check it every day. Make sure you have diversification and you're spreading your risk across multiple different industries, multiple different companies. Whether you choose to invest in index funds is up to you, but maybe you have some mutual funds in your portfolio. And remember that investment time frame is crucial. You should not be getting into the stock market if you need to access your money within less than two years. As a rule of thumb, we always say as, you know, as investment advisors or financial planners, which I'm not anymore, but when I was, we would always say, look, if you want to get into the share market, you should either be only putting a small percentage of your money into it if you're if you have a short investment time frame, or you should have an investment time frame of five or so years. Otherwise, it's just not worth it because you need to be able to ride out the inevitable peaks and valleys and zigzags of market volatility. So market volatility is not something you should be scared of. It's all part of the process. Remember that Rome wasn't built in a day and sometimes you're going to get knocked down. And of course, seeing your portfolio drop sucks, but take a deep breath log out of your investment account, go do something else, go do something that makes you happy. And if you need to just do some reading on investments, but remember to stick to your plan. So I'm going to be doing another episode also on asset class diversification. This is another technical episode where I'm going to be talking about the different risks of each different asset class. And asset classes are things like property, shares, fixed interest, cash, and some of the other things that I mentioned in this episode. So be sure to check it out. But until next time, sure, you can take a look at what's going on in the markets, but don't panic sell. And if you are sitting on some cash, maybe you wanna consider buying the dip and getting in while things are a little bit cheaper. Thanks for listening. And if you love this episode, please share it to your Instagram story and tag me at sandra.m.joe. I would be forever grateful if you left me a five-star review and sent it to a friend so that I can reach as many people as possible. For more information on my financial coaching and how we can work together, check out my website at sandrajoe.com. And until next time, have a great day and go make that money, honey.